This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Good morning and welcome to Radio Church this Sunday. My name is Alicia and I am from Student Christian Movement Otago, an ecumenical inclusive group designed to challenge students in the faith at the Otago campus. Before we begin our service, I would like to thank Otago Access Radio for providing the resources and the time to produce this program. Today we will be looking at the book of Ecclesiastes and what it means for our faith. This book This book's author raises many questions about God, our world, justice, and what it means to our faith. Sometimes we feel that asking questions is a time when our faith is declining, when our faith is moving away from us. But actually asking questions could be a challenge to embrace a new line of faith to ask more questions and to see a new side of God that we haven't seen before. Please enjoy this program today. How long will you turn your face away? How long do you hear us when we pray? On and on, still we walk this path. Till we see our home descending from the sky. 
A reading from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verses 12 to 18. I am the teacher. I was king of Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my mind to investigate and to explore by wisdom all that happens under heaven. It's an unhappy obsession that God has given to human beings. When I observed all that happens under the sun, I realized that everything's pointless, a chasing after wind. What's crooked can't be straightened. What isn't there can't be counted. I said to myself, look here, I have grown much wiser than any who ruled over Jerusalem before me. My mind has absorbed great wisdom and knowledge. But when I set my mind to understand wisdom, and also to understand madness and folly, I realized that this too was just wind chasing. Remember, in much wisdom is much aggravation. The more knowledge, the more pain. The reading today is from the opening of the book of Ecclesiastes, a book that poses many questions about the world we live in today and the feelings it can conjure up for the author. We can see that the author's ponderings are still very relevant for our world today. Why do good people suffer? Why do bad people not get justice? Why do some toil away in the sun all day while others seem to have an easy life? We can see how relevant these questions have remained for our faith. I don't want to concentrate so much on the conclusions that the author reaches by the end of the book, that the sun will continue without us and the generations pass, so maybe part of our purpose is to enjoy it, be merry and live together in harmony with our fellow man. This may not be the most satisfying conclusion to some because the questions remain unanswered, but it also brings up the question of why a question still so relevant today. Perhaps they are an essential part of our faith, a part that challenges us, makes us present in the world we are, and connects us to, from our world to how God fits into it. Questions can be controversial at times, as sometimes we feel that asking too many questions is having too many challenging aspects of our faith may make us less of a Christian, more doubtful, not trusting in God enough. Why do we feel this way when it comes to questions if it's such a constant part of our faith? Peter Enns has a similar question in his book, The Sin of Certainty. In his book, he proposes that being certain in our conclusions around life, being certain that we have the answers and that we've reached the right point and the right understanding of God and faith and morality and everything that comes in between. Having that certainty is putting a barrier between us and God. Why does he reach this conclusion? Well, you see, he argues that being so certain that we no longer question, that we, in fact, we run from questions, places a barrier between us and God. 
It prevents us from searching for God's heart, for searching for those answers and thus gaining close to God. Because if we are so certain that everything we believe about God, everything we believe about each other is correct, then it doesn't then we have no motivation to go to God with those questions. We have not we do not need to seek out answers from another source if we already have all those answers. In this way, he proposes that certainty is a type of sin because it places that barrier between us and God and prevents relationship with him. The argument is certainly strengthened when I think of Jesus. We know that we often believe that Jesus is God incarnate on earth. So it raises a curiosity that when people ask Jesus questions similar to what the book of Ecclesiastes is talking about, questions around justice or the afterlife or whatever was on the minds of the time, Jesus didn't really give clear answers. He often answered in riddles or metaphors or stories and often the disciples are recorded saying, what does this mean? How do we understand it? And sometimes even that would not get a clear answer. If God really wanted us to have all the answers, to never question, to never have doubt, then I would expect that Jesus would have given much more straightforward answers when he was on earth. But this is clearly not the case. I want to encourage you today that the questions are not to be feared, that those deep, pondering, scary and often overwhelming questions are maybe essential a part of our faith that draws us closer to God, draws us closer to each other as we learn from everyone's different knowledges and experiences and interpretations on earth. Perhaps we are to continue this doubt of our faith. Perhaps it changes over time, but it still remains. And that's not to be feared, but embraced. Where does this questioning lead us to? Who do we seek the answers from? What do we learn about our fellow man as we go as we go forward? Other people's experiences and interpretations may shape our own conclusions and our own search for answers. I hope that you find this encouraging to know that you don't have to have all the answers and that asking those questions really diving into that scariness is not to be feared. We may not feel completely satisfied with the concluding notes of Ecclesiastes. We may feel that it does not go deep enough into the questions, or maybe it seems quite repetitive, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. Again, we may find that the idea of meaninglessness, that actually we are here for a short time and we are to make the most of it, of what we can, may be an incredibly encouraging message. I think this highlights again why questions are important to all of us, 
because we are admitting that we are not the vessels for answers and that actually we can learn from one another. We can learn from our neighbours, from their knowledge, from their interpretation and their life experiences as well. The next part of this message, I'd like to focus on the pointlessness and meaninglessness that is emphasised so much in the book of Ecclesiastes. To do this, I will be using the meditation by the liturgist, known as Vapour, a reflective meditative piece on the meaninglessness pointed out within the book of Ecclesiastes. I hope you find this piece challenging, but also peace-bringing, that it will bring a sigh of relief for you. Listen to the words, reflect and contemplate. Meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. Most scientists estimate that the universe is 13.77 billion years old, and that the Earth is 4.54 billion years old, while human beings have only been on Earth for less than 200,000 years. To put those numbers in perspective, if you stretched out your arms and your entire wingspan was representative of Earth's geological history, and then you took a nail file and took just a little bit of the edge off of your fingernail, you would have just wiped out all human history. There's this Carl Sagan quote about a photo of Earth taken from Voyager on its way out to deep space that echoes the sentiments of Kohelet, the teacher, in the ancient wisdom book called Ecclesiastes. Here's the quote. Look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you've ever heard of, every human being who ever was lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, Every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. So here we are on this pale blue dot, 
Tiny specks of dust coming into existence for a moment, hurling through space and time, only to flicker back out after a few moments. These moments, these are all we have in this life. We work, we laugh, we cry, we make love, we write books, we build empires, we wage wars. But we often try to ignore the fact that these moments are temporary. That all our empires and the gross national product, our art and our literature, our $300 designer jeans, all of our knowledge and technology, creativity and legacy is erased. It's all going to flicker out at some point with everything else. that they are. Think about when you were young. Do you remember getting worried and stressed about things, things that seemed so important at the time? Now how do you feel about those things? The issues that felt like life and death, like how the kids didn't give you a fair turn on the playground that day. How do you feel about that now? Do you laugh about it? Does it seem silly? What are you worried about today? Do you really think it is any less silly than what you were worried about as a child? Your job? Vapor. Your apartment? Vapor. Your school loans? Vapor. Everything and everyone you love and worry about? It's all vapor. Are you worried about being unique or important? In our society, we worship our individuality. We love to talk about our fingerprints and snowflakes and how every individual is unique. But have you ever looked at a snowflake? I mean, they're all kind of the same. Back the camera up a little bit, and you are nothing but a human being, a speck of dust in time and space not all that distinguishable from the seven billion other specks of dust swirling around you. How many of our moments on the pale blue dot do we waste worrying and stressing about the vapor? The Kohelet, the teacher in Ecclesiastes, shows us the vanity of human toil and worry. Another teacher came and taught about the vapor like this. Come to me, all you who are weary. I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
So what are you so worried about? What causes you stress? Because it's going to the dirt like everything and everyone else. It is vapor, mist, smoke, hovel. This doesn't have to be depressing. In fact, it might even be liberating. Finitude, after all, is actually what makes life sweet. Christmas time can be such a wonderful and magical time of year because it only happens once a year, not in spite of it. Parents treasure their moments with their young children at home precisely because they know those moments won't last forever, not in spite of that truth. So take a breath. Recognize your frailty. Recognize that the things that feel so weighty and worrisome in the back of your mind right now are nothing but vapor. Feel your breath. Recognize your lungs keeping you alive without your ability to make them work or not. Your heart is beating. Your cells are working together to keep you alive. And it's all magical, mysterious, and beautiful. Life on planet Earth is a gift. And you only get it for as long as you get it. And then the match gets blown out. So set your hearts, not on things of Earth, not on the vapor. But let go. Fully open your heart to both the gift and the giver, the mystery, the beauty, that in which we live and move and have our being, that which we call God, the oneness who holds the vapor together, who somehow brings meaning into the meaningless. Let's pray.
Thank you for joining us for Radio Church this morning. I hope your search for answers, your journey of questions, or your reflection on Ecclesiastes will continue after today. I pray that your Sunday and your week and your month and your year will bring you new joys and new challenges new futures and hopes to look forward to. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. I want to again thank Otago Access Radio for the production of this program. My name's Alicia and I'm from Student Christian Movement. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.